0: I'm sorry, as a lifestyle. And we believe that every person matters. That's who we are. And just like that crowd joined in in front of that student union that day and raised their hands, we must determine that we are ready to move forward. As a group, as a team, we must determine that it's time for us to begin to walk the path to restoration. Restoration. We are CT. Out of the ashes, we must passionately pursue our purpose. I don't know if that thing's coming up or not. We do have to do that. I was studying this week. I have to be honest. This is probably one of the most emotional messages I've ever had to task Of working on and developing. The last two Saturdays I've spent mauling over this one. I've been working on it really in my heart and in my mind for over a month. We have to be, we have to rise out of the ashes of the adversity we found ourselves in. Like the phoenix, we should, we should rise. In Jewish lore, this bird was called the milcom, or the hull. It is believed by some scholars that the book of Job refers such a creature. In Job 29, 18, you'll find these words. Then I said, I shall die in my nest and multiply my days, the New King James Version says, as the sand. But Let me read you a, a piece of commentary from the Jameson Fawcett Brown Commentary. Job 29.18, sand is the, the Hebrew word, C-H-O-W-L, which they believe is a, a, a rendition of the word H-O-L, whole. But the Septuagint, the Vulgate and the Jewish interpreters favor the translation, the phoenix bird. Nest in the parallel clause supports the reference to a bird. The myth was that the phoenix sprang from a nest of myrrh made by his father before death. The death and the revival every 500 years and the reverence of the sun plus such a grand cycle commencing afresh from that same point in relation to the sun, from which the previous one started. Job probably refers to this, they say. Our apost- one of the apostolic fathers, Clement, believed that the story of the phoenix was symbolic of the resurrection promised us and was also referred to in Job. Let me read something from him. Let us consider that wonderful sign of the resurrection which takes place in eastern lands That is in Arabia and the countries round about. There's a certain bird which is called a phoenix. This is the only one of its kind and lives 500 years. When the time of its dissolution draws near that it must die, it builds itself a nest of frankincense and of myrrh and other spices, into which when the time is fulfilled it enters and dies. But as the flesh decays, a certain kind of worm is produced, which being nourished by the juices of the dead bird bring forth feathers." Then when it has acquired strength, it takes up that nest in which are the bones of its parents. And bearing these, it passes from the land of Arabia into Egypt, to a city called Heliopolis. And in one day, in an open day, flying the sight of all men, it places them on the altar of the sun. And having done this, hastens back to its former abode. The priest then inspect the registers of the date and find that it was returned exactly as the 500th year was completed. He goes on to say, Do we then deem it any great and wonderful thing... For the maker of all things, to raise up again those that have piously served him in the assurance of good faith. When even by a bird he shows us the mightiness of his power to fulfill his promise. Literally, the mightiness of of his promise. For the scripture saith in a certain place, Thou shalt raise me up, referring to a passage in Psalms, and I shall confess unto thee. And again, I laid me down and slept, and I awaked, because thou art with me. And again, Job says... Thou shalt raise up this flesh of mine, which has suffered all these things. That's a direct reference to a very well passage of Scripture around here. Job 19, 25. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and He shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. I found a... Another reference to a phoenix, and I'll just read you a quick paragraph. After serving its life cycle, the phoenix builds a nest, and then by the sun and the friction of its own wings is consumed by fire. It is inevitably reborn from the very ashes. The phoenix is therefore symbolic of resurrection, immortality. And the person writes here, my personal favorite, triumph over adversity. Here we talk about the resurrection of the dead, that in the last day we know that we will all be raised up. And to see Jesus face to face. But you know what? There's a resurrection that needs to take place ahead of time, and that is the resurrection of not just our flesh, but of our purpose. There has to be a desire to accomplish what it is God wants us to accomplish, to do what it is God wants us to do, to not hold back and to not move forward. In the scene just prior to that, the, the president of the university and the gentleman who walked out of the, 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 the governing board uh, room that day We're talking outside of the steel mill where he was the the, the owner, and he says, listen, every day we we go on, it reminds us of all we lost. If we have that kind of attitude, we will go no place. We will accomplish nothing. We've got to be determined that we're going to move forward, that we are going to fulfill the mission and the purpose that God has set for us. We know there is a resurrection of our bodies that will come at the last day, But there is a resurrection of our purpose, our desire and function God wants to accomplish in us now. Listen, the finish goes back to where it started and it is reborn from there. It goes back to that nest. We, it's from where we started that we begin. We start where we left off. We must take what God placed in the heart of our pastor. We must take it into ourselves and begin there. We must grow from there. We must endeavor to allow the life and the power of Christ to grab a hold of us. We have got to get where God wants us to go. It's a grand cycle, we read Jameson, convincing afresh from the same point. In relation to the son, they say, but in relation to us, to the S-O-N, from which we previously started. It's much like the early church. Acts 1, listen to this. The gospel writer Luke writes these words. The former account I made, he's talking about the gospel of Luke. O Theophilus, O beloved of God, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. You know what's funny about this? He says Jesus began. He's referring to the book of Luke. But here's the thing. He's saying this is just what Jesus began. He wasn't done yet. And the funny part about it, Acts chapter 1, Jesus leaves. But the vision and the mission and the purpose moved on. His body took up and moved where he wanted it to go and did what he wanted it to do. And he moved forward. It says... Both are doing teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, he says, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea. I stopped there. You know why? Because that's where Jesus' ministry began. He began there. But he does not stop there. He says, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. We find ourselves in a very similar situation. There are some things that have begun here. There are some things that have started here. There are some things that we have enjoyed growing into, but we have to pick it up, and we've got to keep moving forward. God has begun something he intends for for us to be. uh, God has begun something he intends for us to be his instruments to fulfill. We're not at the end, nowhere near. We're just at a beginning. A new beginning. He has a purpose for us to accomplish that he birthed in the heart of Pastor Eric that grows. It burns ever brighter. It grows ever stronger. It comes at a price. It will continue at a price. Let's continue the story of this football team.
1: Don't bench me, coach. Cool. Jesus, man, have you even slept? No, no. Not before our first home game. I love making your shoulder is magic. All right, the rest is going to do it some good. Trust no, me. no, it ain't. The rest ain't going to do it good. Mate, I'm not questioning your courage or, or your drive, okay? My shoulder's fine. This shoulder? Yeah. It's ready to take the field? Mm-hmm. It's ready for hits. My shoulders fine. Yes or no? My shoulders fine. This one? Yes. That <clears throat> take it like that. My shoulders fine. It'll be a lot hotter than that, Nate.
0: Like that. <gasps> my shoulders fine. Talk to me. Oh. My God. That was my
1: team. (laughs) They left it in my hand.
0: I find myself feeling like Nate Ruffin many days. I feel like I gotta move on. I gotta do it. There's something inside of me that burns. Through whatever pain, whatever struggle, through whatever issue, through whatever problem, gotta go. Gotta be there. Gotta do it. I want to read you something. Many of us here, why? I don't know. I still don't know. I don't think I'll ever know. But that doesn't hinder me from moving forward. That doesn't hinder the desire to fulfill the plan, the purpose of God. I want to read you something. It's funny to me. I didn't realize this until I was looking at it earlier this week. An entry from my journal. Actually, wrote it on Resurrection Sunday. Easter. We sit here again in the hospital overnight. Eric, our son, is fighting jaundice, lying under three different kinds of billy lights. Rachel's exhausted, and I'm fatigued. It's Easter, and I really haven't had a lot of time to consider the power and celebration of this day. Jesus conquered the very worst that life could throw at us. I sure feel like this year, life and Satan have pulled out all the stops. I approach the end of the first quarter of 2008, and my life is drastically different than even the last quarter of 2007. And I go through some things, some some just physical things. I have a garage sitting in my driveway. I have a new floor in about three quarters of my house. I have four children now. Suddenly, I'm a senior pastor of the church. I've presided over four funerals already this year. Two of which were the most tragic I have ever had to have had to participate in, and the other, the most personal and traumatic for me personally that I can remember. Hebrews says that God will not allow me more that will not be allow more to be put on us than we can bear. But it feels as though it's awful close. Since Pastor Eric's death, life has been much I take that back. There isn't much about life that's the same. Rachel and I sat on our couch last night and read the latest update from Jeanette on the church website, and we bawled and we cried. It's very weird this kind of hurt. It makes you numb. I don't cry much these days. That's unusual. I cry at football games. I cry at, I cry at movies. I didn't even cry this week when Eric was born. And yet this birth somehow is more profound and miraculous than the other three Rachel and I have experienced. At least it was for me. The obstetric cholestasis Rachel endured, the most difficult and longest delivery for her, Eric's heart rate dipping incredibly several times during the delivery. the obvious caution with which the doctor and the nurses proceeded, the fact that the child was to be named after my recently departed mentor, all would have normally equated to a power keg of emotion for me. But there was none. Don't get me wrong, I love this child with all my heart, but the emotions I normally have have, seen me, I normally have, have seemingly left the building. Crying last night on our couch was good for me. That's where I wanted to get to. My desire for, to, to serve Jesus burns ever brighter and is intense. It has no, And yet it has nothing to do with the emotional side of me. It goes way beyond that. I am more motivated, more encouraged, and more ready to face life's challenges than ever before. Jesus did conquer the worst life could throw at us. And he is the greater one within me that is greater than he that is in the world. And to quote Paul, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Jesus truly conquered death, hell, and the grave. And enables us to be more than conquerors. March 23rd, 2008. We stand today at a crossroads. We stand deciding what to do. Let me give you some encouragement how we move forward. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 1. Paul writes here, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. The very first way we move forward is we don't lose heart we are not a heart-losing people. We don't lose focus. We don't set aside. Realizing the mercy that's been given to us, we determine that we're going forward. Let's drop down to verse 6. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We move forward by ever shining the light of Jesus to the lost world. We move forward today by dropping on to verse 7. Verse 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are struck down, but catch this, people. We are not destroyed. We're always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus may be also manifested in our body. Not the body of flesh, but the body of faith that is church triumphant. We are ever enduring, continually enduring. Let life throw what it might at us. There is a greater one on the inside of us who is stronger. Let the world pull out all the stops. Let let them try and take us down. But the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of us. And we may be in despair, we may be perplexed, but we are not cast down and we are not destroyed. We have got a mission that's way beyond any of us as individuals. We've got a mission that's way beyond us anything that this world has to offer. We have a purpose to accomplish. We have something to do in the kingdom of God in the world around us. We, keep, we move forward by doing this. Verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to, to what it is written, I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us with you. For all things are for your sakes. The grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. We should expect the raising because God deserves all glory. and He seeks to use us to bring glory to himself. He seeks to use weak and frail, hurting, damaged vessels. Restoring them. The Bible says right there we read earlier is earthen vessels he chooses to use. Not pretty things, things with cracks, things that have been through something. An earthen vessel is a clay pot that has to go through fire before it's usable. He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this deposit, this treasure, locked up in frail humanity. That God might receive all glory and honor. We need to expect that God's going to use us more greatly in the future than he's used us in the past. We have to expect that what lies ahead is better for us than what's behind. We have to expect that God's going to raise up his work in the world. And we have to expect that he wants to do that through us because his word says so. We have to expect a raising. We have to eternally looking. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 16. He says it again, Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. We have a purpose to fulfill. Over the next three weeks, listen, we will be talking about it piece by piece. It's right here on this shirt. When disciple sinned. But it has its roots in another mission statement. That purpose has been revealed to us some time ago. That purpose is that. Church triumphant exists to preach the gospel to all people. To edify and encourage Christian believers. To make disciples of all Christians. And to support as well as plant leaders throughout the globe. See, we go back to where we started. And that's where we springboard forward. We go back to the original mission and vision. And we use that by which we move into the future. It came at a price. It comes at a daily price. Jesus wrote these words. Patrick referred to it Wednesday night. He who would come after me must do what? Take up his cross. When? One pastor says daily. It's got to be about us every moment of every day, it's got to thrive on the inside of us. You watch Nate Ruffin on this, on this movie screen, and his heart pounds. Daily, to accomplish something. You know what's amazing to me? Nate Ruffin's thing is for something that's very temporary. The thing that makes, motivates him is something that will one day fade away. That will one day be forgotten. That will one day, nobody will remember. But we, the Bible says, we don't run for a corruptible crown... We run for a crown that's incorruptible. If he can be that motivated to overcome over something completely natural, something physical that nobody's going to remember in a hundred years, then why don't we get motivated about something that's eternal, that's powerful, that's long-lasting, that's significant? Why don't we get motivated to get past our stuff, to get all of what God wants us to do? God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a desire. He has something he wants to get done. And it's eternally significant, and the fact that it's eternal should be the one thing that grabs a hold of our hearts. It should grab a hold of our hearts because God puts us in the, in, in the lives of friends and family. He puts us in the lives of neighbors and coworkers, and He wants to do something eternally significant in their lives, and He chooses to use us to do that. We have a plan and a purpose. Let's look at that purpose. Let me say something else. I think it's funny. It just hit me this morning. I didn't even think about this all week as I was preparing for this. You know what Isaiah 41 says? In the light of what we talked about, the, the phoenix rising, listen to this. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Then what's the next line? It says, they shall mount up with wings. I was praying this morning and praying. I thought it was going to go through the roof. It just hit me all of a sudden. Is Jesus, is God referring to that kind of a thought that a renewing of strength? They shall run. Listen, people, they shall run and they'll not be weary. They shall walk and they will not faint. Listen, I know life throws all kinds of stuff at us. I know I can look around this room right now and I can see one tragic circumstance after another. Just in the last months, I know it has been like, like it's just been our guts have been just like ripped out of us. I know that there are days where we don't feel like getting out of bed. There are days I don't feel like moving forward. There are days in my flesh I just want to go, oh, man, what is going on? I've had a really rough week this week. I must be honest. It's probably been the most difficult week I have had. Honestly, the most difficult week I have had. In the last year, I promise you. And that may sound crazy to some of you, I'm just, I'm telling you, I feel like I have just been wrung out, rode hard, however you want to look at it. I have just, I feel like, man, I just, I have been through it this week to the point where I thought Thursday night, I'm just, I'm losing it. I'm just completely losing it. Anybody ever felt that way? Emotionally, I've just been completely just... <laughs> Like all the juice has been just sucked right out of me. But you know what? Those things that have affected me this week are temporary things. And this morning, I choose not to look at them. I choose this morning to look at the eternal. I choose this morning to realize there's something grander on the horizon. There's something better up ahead. There's something greater he intends to accomplish. You know what? Our God is so good. And he's so faithful. And I'm like way off track. I don't even know where I'm going. But <laughs> forget the schedule today. <laughs> I hope the children's first people don't, don't mind. They have no air conditioning over there today. 7.30 in the morning Thursday. In the middle of this week, I got a phone call that three of our air conditioning units got busted, got hit. And all the copper got stripped out of them. And so they're sitting over there in the heat. So we're going to hurry. Okay? As much as I can. Just one thing. Just one thing that happened this week. Been rough. But we looked at the things that are eternal, not the things that are temporal. Our purpose is this. Let's refine our purpose for a second. The purpose refined. We are to win. We are to preach the gospel to all people. Jesus says these words in Luke 19. See, this purpose, it doesn't go back to like, a year ago, it doesn't go back to 10 years ago. It doesn't go back to 15 years ago. It doesn't go back to 30 years ago. It doesn't go back to 100 years ago, it doesn't go back to 200. It doesn't go back to 800 years ago. It goes back at least 2,000 years ago. And the purpose says this, you says, And Jesus said to him, "Today salvation has come to this house, because he also, the Son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Our job, our purpose, is to win. To win the lost. How do you not lose? You win. If somebody's lost, we win them. Next week, we'll talk about win. In order to win the lost, we've got to go to where they are. We've got to help them see the light of Christ. In order to do that, that requires some change of us. I don't know if we've changed the logo I don't know if you noticed, there's a big black wall coming in the front door. It won't be black for long, I promise. Things inside this building structurally will change so we can, we can better use this building to accomplish the mission. Things about how we do ministry will change. In October, would you guys look around, look around you just for a minute? Just look around. Look around. Look, look, just look, look, look. A lot of people around here, isn't there? In October the 12th, we will move from a single-service format to a two-service format. Why? So more people get inside this building. So there are more parking spaces out there in the parking lot. For people to get here to to be ministered to by the grace and the power of Jesus and the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. October 12th, mark it on your calendar. Don't show up at church at 10. You'll come right in the middle of the first service. 9 or 11. Something we began to talk about with pastor a year ago. Not quite. Something like that. Because God has never given us release to build a new building yet. So we better use this building to its fullest, to its fullest capacity. That's going to require work. It's going to cause us to be fatigued at times. We're going to try and eliminate as much as possible. But why do we do that? So we can win. There's people who desperately need the message of the gospel. And we're called upon to win them. We'll do whatever it takes to win them. Paul said, I become all things, all men, that I might win some of them. Let's do that. Let's do what we got to do to win some. Are you with me? Let's win as many as we can. That's what I want to do. That's what, that's what God wants us to do. Next, he's called us to disciple to edify and encourage Christian believers. To make disciples of all nations. Great, the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even at the end of the age. We're a disciple. I'm excited about this. Right now. You guys... May not may or may not know what we are training new home group leaders as we speak. Nancy's started, supposed to be starting. She had a little detour this week. A little gallbladder got in the way. She's well today, feeling better. Praise the Lord. We're going to be training new home group leaders so we can disciple more people. Some home groups want to take on a different face, a different shape, because change has to happen for us to grow. There'll be newer, new home groups started, our prayer is. We're going to look at the foundation material. We're going to change it a little bit to make it more uh, accessible to people and better, e- an easier way to, 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 to monitor growth and change there. But it's all about discipling. See, the methods change, but the message doesn't. We're going to send Support as well as plant leaders throughout the globe. John 20, 21, Paul writes these words. I mean, John writes these words. Jesus said to them again, peace to you. Now listen, this this is one of the most awesome things. I, I read this this week and it just, oh, it just, I think being associated in the same group as Jesus is pretty awesome company. I don't know about you. I just think it's pretty awesome. And Jesus says, listen to this, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. We're going to be in the process of sending. We're right now on the verge of sending. September the 7th, we will help launch a new ministry, a new work. That's fulfilling that part of our purpose to support as well as plant leaders throughout the globe. Centerpoint will launch on September, to, or September the 7th. That's something we should be excited about. You know why? Because that's infecting and impacting a culture that right now we have not the capacity, nor the mission, nor the vision necessary to reach in the capacity that they are that should excite us. We're fulfilling the purpose. Huh? I was telling my wife the other day, I want us to pray about, listen. Christopher kind of this thing kind of got dropped in our lap, you know? God put a heart put something in the heart of Christopher and then we've been able to walk alongside of him through it and we're you know, I want us I want us to start being intentional about this. I want us to start praying about cities and towns and places. And say, God, take somebody from this place and send them out there. God, take somebody from Chillicothe, from Kingston, and send them to Hillsboro. Send them to New York City. I don't care where it is. God, strategically give us the places you want us to take what you're doing here and transplant it someplace else. Help us to send them in that direction, to launch them out. Why? We're called to go to the whole world. I just read from you Acts chapter 1, verse 8, to go to the uttermost. Let's start being strategic, asking God to raise up leaders who have a heart to go somewhere, to do something. That'd be awesome. To send. Let's watch another video clip. This is the last one. I'm way behind schedule. Somebody throw that minute by minute schedule out the door, please. Ready when you are.
1: For those of you who may not know, this is the final resting place for six members of the 1970 thundering herd. The plane crash that took their lives was so severe, so, so absolute, that their bodies were unable to be identified. So they were buried here, together. Six players... Six teammates. Six sons of Marshall. This is our past, gentlemen. This is where we have been. This is how we got here. This is who we are today. I want to talk about our opponent this afternoon. They're bigger, faster, stronger. More experienced. And on paper, they're just better. And they know it, too. But I want to tell you something that they don't know. They don't know your heart. I do. I've seen it. You have shown it to me. You have shown this coaching staff, your teammates. You have shown yourselves just exactly who you are in here. When you take that field today you've got to lay that heart on the line, man. From the soles of your feet with every ounce of blood you've got in your body lay it on the line until the final whistle blows and if you do that if you do that we cannot lose. We may be behind on the scoreboard at the end of the game but if you play like that We cannot be defeated. And we came here today to remember. Six young men. And 69 others. Who will not be on the field with you today. But they will be watching. You can bet. They'll be gritting their teeth with every snap of that football. You understand me? How you play today, from this moment on, is how you will be remembered. This is your opportunity to rise from these ashes and grab glory. We are.
0: Sorry. Listen, I got excited. We move forward. He said, they know something about you. I know something about you they don't know. I've seen your heart. I've been in crowds of late. I get this. You guys get this? How how is the church
1: doing?
0: I mean, no no I mean I mean really. How how are you how how are you guys doing? And I go, you don't know the heart that lies inside of that place. We hurt, but we're ready. We hurt, but we trust Jesus. I've seen your heart. Look around. I told you look around a minute ago. Look in here. People are shocked that the attendance has stayed the same. They can't believe it. And growing. They can't believe that we're talking about going to two services. They just, they just like, wow. You know, I thought about this. They don't know your heart. I remember watching you all come together during Pastor's second bout of cancer Till we packed this place out with like 769 people during the John Jacobs Power Force Crusade. I watched going through a battle like that of you guys pulling together and pulling off the most awesome celebration of a life of ministry I have ever been a part of, Palm Sunday last year. They don't know your heart. Your enemy hasn't yet tapped in and understand the heart that lies inside of this group of people. I've watched as uh, during this last battle that this place was packed almost like it is today, full of prayer. And I remind myself daily that those prayer meetings were the seabed of tomorrow, like Philip Cameron told me on the phone. I, I look back and I think about the attendance. I think about something maybe as simple to some of you as the relay, it doesn't seem very significant to to some of you, but the Relay for Life. We came together. We raised money in three weeks that the, 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 the overseeing people at Relay for Life couldn't believe we did what we did in, in, in the time we did it in. I say that, why? Because I want you to see we ha- we are moving. Our heart to accomplish what God has told us to do is huge. We have continued to participate in Red City in hopes of fulfilling part of our purpose, the winning part of our purpose. Did you see this platform a minute ago? Did you see it? Half, that was just half of the kids who were there at camp. And you guys, through the power of the Holy Spirit, were able to pull it off again. Listen, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The heart and the passion of Jesus yet burns and pounds on the inside of this group of people. And as we move forward, we've got to remember where we've come from. And we've got to recognize. I just got to be honest with you. It'd be fine, like for the next year, if the only thing I had to do was weddings and baby dedications. That would be fine with me. But I have to tell you something else. There's a great cloud of witnesses assembled around us who stand in the stands and they cheer like this and they go, 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 go. And they stand with their arms raised high saying, we are CT. They stand around us, encouraging us to move forward. They stand on the sidelines saying, you better accomplish the goal. You better be everything God called you to be. You better run forward. You better go for it with all of your heart, with all of your might, with all of your strength. Maybe you've suffered greatly in your own personal life. Maybe that suffering is still fresh in your mind. Maybe the vision of that hurt pounds. Possibly your heart still aches. Today's a day where God desires to begin to, out of that ash, raise you up out of it and move you forward. Today is a day God desires to take all of us and begin to move us up out of it. We have a job to accomplish. There is a work to be done, and we have... A great opportunity to be what God wants us to be. Let all the naysayers say what they want to say. Let our enemy whisper words and innuendo in our ears. Let life throw the fastest and most heated pitch it's got at us. We still win. We still will accomplish what it is God called us to accomplish. I wanted to end today much like what you saw just portrayed on that screen. I want you to consider your place in that purpose. When you consider your role on this team, I want you to consider the desire you have on the inside of you to see it accomplished. Stand with me. Nate Ruffin stood in the room with the Board of Governors. He said, I don't have nothing to say, but they have something to say. And he walked to the window he did something simple like this. And then, billowing from that courtyard in Huntington, West Virginia, a thunderous roar came up from inside of people who wanted to grow and triumph over tragedy. Close your eyes for a minute. Our Leader, our coach, Jesus, he stands in front of us. Like that coach did there, he says, I know your heart. If you go out, if you just take the field and give it everything you've got, you can't be defeated. But the question is, are you going to take the field? The question is, are you going to play your role? The question is, are you going to commit yourself to being what it is he wants you to be? If you've come today and you don't understand the past from which we've come, our prayer is that you find that there's purpose and hope and faith in this place. And you'd find that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And you jump on this team, not because you know where, we, where, where, where we've come from, but because you understand where we're going If you're here today and you know where where we've been and you understand what God's called us to do, you fit either of those two things and you are ready to say, you know, I'm playing my part. I'm doing my role. Much like those students, that student body, I want you just to where you're sitting, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. And from deep inside your heart, let there be a thunderous roar that all of your enemies can hear. All of your detractors can hear. It doesn't have to be volume out of your mouth, but from your heart, let there be a thunder. Jesus, you see these hands raised today. We stand before you, not perfect, Not capable, not adequate, not capable in most cases. But Lord Jesus, we stand before you available today. We stand before you, God, willingly. And Jesus, we want to fulfill your plan and your purpose. And we want to accomplish what it is you have for us to do. And today, we raise our hand saying, Jesus, here we are. See us. Like Isaiah, we shout and we scream, here am I. Send me. Lord, I pray that in the inside of this people, Lord Jesus, you will burn a heart and a fervor of your mission and your purpose and your vision that, God, it can never be quenched, it can never be taken away. That, Lord Jesus, you would be exalted above all else in their life, God, that they would eat, sleep, and breathe what it is you've called them to be, God, what it is you've called them to do, and that, God, each of us will take our spot, and, God, we will walk together through the rest of this life, and that, Lord Jesus, we will hear you say, what's on that board out front, well done, you good and faithful servant. God, we know our Redeemer lives, We shall see him on the last day. Let those be his words to us. Today, Jesus, we say, We are CT. We are church triumphant. We are your people. God, we are struck down, but we're not destroyed. We may have been in despair. But God, we're not crushed. God, we may have had issues, but we choose to move forward. To walk with you through everything else you have for us to do. Lord Jesus, we bless your name. Holy Spirit, move around this place right now. Where people just don't have it physically, God, to want to move forward. Lord, I pray, Jesus, spiritually, God, you would ignite a flame on the inside of them. God, you would ignite power and strength and fervor and zeal like never before. Jesus, you're the great one. You're the one we serve, not ourselves. We serve you. Be exalted, be lifted high.
1: We are your people. We love you.
0: I wasn't going to do this, but now I am. Three times with me. We are. C.T. CT. We are. C.T. We are. C.T. Lord Jesus, you've heard that cry of our heart. Go with us from this place today, Lord. In Jesus' name.